Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. ITL Fantasy Podcast Network presents In a World of Football Podcasts that sounds like this. Welcome into our podcast on Suck Talk Radio. And talk like this. Wah, 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 wah. Don't go after running back. Wah, wah. Because they're not. So much fun. Bogman, let's not overreact here. The In This League Fantasy Football Podcast. Featuring Bugman. Then he came in and he just went ham. Oh, God. Yummy and panties. Like, those are words like men should not say. And the Welsh. Well, Brodles is... Did you just bro another player? You say Brodles instead of Bortles? I totally <laughs> called them bro. Are you broing all of these guys? Playing on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and TuneIn. Burn it to the ground! Coming to your ears. Now, you're listening to Hellweek, an episode every single day, albeit a little bit later at night, but who's complaining? It's Bogman, it's Welsh, it's in this league, and today on the episode, the most important one we could possibly do, as far as ranks go, the running back ranks. Bogman and I have got each of our ranks pitted up against each other with ECR, we're going to be going through giving you tiers, essentially in 12-player increments of 48 and up. We'll talk through some of them. We'll give you some other names. It's going to be built around strategy, players that we want to make sure that we're getting, players that we might be completely out on and didn't even realize when you consider <laughs> versus ADP and ECR. All of that coming up here as we do some ranks here on In This League. Bogman, how many teams this year will be zero running back strategy Bogman teams? Uh, none, zero. I'll have zero shares of zero, zero shares. RB shares. So, uh, that's never going to be me ever. I tried it before. Didn't work out at all. Crashed and burned. Uh, it'd be like saying, Hey Bogman, uh, we're mid flight, but you take over and land this plane. That's what it <laughs> felt like. So no, thank you ever again. And I honestly feel Welsh that this year, the running backs are deeper than they have been in like five or six years. I think there's a lot to pick from. It also kind of breaks up that top end. Maybe the top end isn't as good as it has been, but it's the same, you know? So in terms of like, you know, our boy Joe, Joe PCP would say relative position value. It's, it's deep this year. I feel like running back is deeper than it has been in the past. So there's a lot to pick through that. I like there's some that I don't like, and uh, I love talking RB. So let's get after it. Could I maybe suggest in one of the upcoming mocks, Bogman attempts a zero running back strategy draft? You just want to see me get annoyed. That's what you want. I'll do one too. How about we'll do this over the next, uh, the next two kind of normal ish ones. I'm not going to do that necessarily a super flex. You and I, one of us will do one and no one will know which one is doing it until you get into the I'll do it for the uncensored one that we have this week. Uncensored mock, 
I'll be doing wide receiver. I'll be doing zero RB strategy. So zero RB means uh, first two rounds with no running backs, right? Is that what it Not means? Two. Well, I was also trying to set really, it up so right? no one could tell when we're doing it. So because they're going to know how to attack you, but uh, you could do okay. the uncensored one. You yeah, could do the uncensored one. If you want. I mean, if people want to ruin it, then go ahead. But uh, I, I think most people are going to want running backs because they're sane and they listen to us uh, here. So. Uh, not you. Barrow is the only one that is uh zero RB. What and do you consider the parameter for zero running back? You can't go probably first. I would say you five fill rounds. out every other position first. Wide receivers, tight end. Okay, so three wide receiver, tight end, quarterback. So that would be five rounds. Bogman comes swooping in in the sixth round with his first uh <laughs> first round. Six I'm or seven. Already round. angry about it. I can already uh, tell. We haven't even started. I'm already mad about it. it. You're literally not even doing it yet, and you're already pissed off about it. That's fun to push yourself. It's fun to try these things out. That's why we suggest you guys always to go do mocks, and you can do that with us over to thisleague.com. Of course, you're lieutenant or above, and you sign up newly. We'll give you a spot, as long as you can make it, to one of our live mock drafts we're going to be doing coming up into the season. We'll actually be doing a few best balls here, I think starting next week, and we might be doing one on our Twitch show which is monday through thursday at 10 a.m pacific 1 p.m eastern we might choose uh one of those here in the coming weeks to do a little best ball action as well so make sure you're over there so you can get any of the football stuff we do and you're over here getting all of our new ranks which are up over at in this league.com uh running backs full through like i said 48 we are going to go from top to bottom and bottom being the number one guys We'll give you a few of our favorites. We'll also, we'll dink around outside of that top 48, that top 50, give you a couple guys, you know, that is really into that deeper range. I think also listening to mocks, you guys are going to probably be able to tell guys that are in that range, but like, a pri here's a prime example. I'm just going to throw this out at you. Tyrion Davis Price, you and I both have exceptionally high compared to ECR. I do not yeah. believe ECR has caught up properly, and I, I think haven't. it's it's more about the uh, the rankers. I think there are people that posted their ranks, have not done an update, and it's screwing it up. But if you go on to Fantasy Pros, his ECR is 77 with a high of 41 and a low of 96. I have him inside the top 50. You have him one spot out of the top 50. So that's one of those situations where ECR would say, oh, this is a super deep guy, blah, blah, blah. But I have him inside my top 50. So you might not, I'll, I'll, I'm targeting him right now to talk about, but there's a situation where you and I might have guys that are just inside our top 50 that others would consider. So we will give you some of what our actual deeper ones for us are compared to maybe what the market is talking about. Yeah, you know, I don't really understand it because I'm looking at uh, PPR ranks, it looks like there's a ton, over a hundred rankers right now. I thought, okay, maybe let's give these people the weekend, right? Let's give them the weekend to see how they are. Nope, no change. He's still at 77. I so did that too. I actually, we're I had just going to be higher. I had the fantasy pros up and I had it on standard and then I scrolled down. You have it on our sheet and I went to confirm 100% right. 77. I mean, you have Trey Sermon ahead of him, you have Zach Moss ahead of him right now no Chuba Hubbard, no. <laughs> no, 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 no 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 you have no, a running no, i mean no, there's so no, many no. running backs that are sharing situations but this is an actual spot where two running backs can eat healthy in a san francisco three as a matter of fact can and you're talking about an incredibly talented i told you when i was doing not that well, we won't talk about him now when we get in, into the episode uh, proper but i told you i was going through watching a whole bunch of uh, rookie film especially on running backs 
And I was incredibly impressed with Tyrion Davis Price just when I rewatched it and I went back to back to back having more context. I think that's something a lot of people might not do. In Bugs, you tell me, I know you are very apt to go and watch, you watch the games, you watch the video before draft comes. But do you think a ton of people are going after the fact and watching a lot of the video? Because that's what I did, knowing the destination. I, I, I think that's what most people do. Uh, oh, okay. I, I, I feel I, like people I do it most, right before the draft. But I think. Right. Well, I, I think most people, because you watched uh, a bunch of stuff before the draft too. Yeah. Uh, TDP wasn't high on anyone's list. He wasn't high on my list at all, uh, mainly because he didn't wrangle that job away at LSU. But, you know, you, you forget, and I uh, did this too. He had He was competing with five stars at LSU. So he wasn't getting the full run there. James Cook didn't get the full run at Georgia, and we give him the benefit of the doubt. Samir White as well. So what's the difference with TDP? So it's just their offense it was like, hasn't been good since Joe Burrow left, and he was okay. But watching his film individually after the draft, I did more leg work on him, obviously, after being drafted in the third round. I questioned the pick when it happened. Now I kind of get it. And, you know, yeah. Trey Sermon ahead of him is just eye rolling. No way. Uh, no way. Jeff and Wilson, maybe like like uh, there's they do like. like I'll him. hear the argument about Jeff Wilson. I'll listen to it. I won't well, the listen thing to that, the argument about Trey Sermon. The Trey thing Sermon that Jeff sucks. Wilson has is he can play kind of a third down back because he can catch. Uh, I don't know if Davis Price Davis Price is really going to play any of that role. And you know, I've one of the things I've, I've talked to you offline a whole lot about is how much I love Eli Mitchell, and it wasn't a huge amount. They got a 95% catch rate. I mean, you throw him the ball, he's going to do something with it. Now, they threw it to him more than a yard and a half behind the line of scrimmage every single time. So this isn't like, you know, there's some ADOT out there, you know, and he's really stretching the field or anything. This is a screen pass guy, but you could do more of that. But I guess what I was saying is, is like when I have like real time past the draft and you really look at team structure and we all know like, okay, this is what these teams look like, free agents. And I sat back. And I'm like, okay, I know draft values. I know these guys. I know there's Brees. We know Ken. And I went back and I was just watching. And Davis Price really stood out to me. Really, really stood out as a talent. I think Eli Mitchell's a talent. And you put both of those guys into an offense that runs a whole bunch. We should value up. It actually kind of comes back to our conversation we had with Derek Brown. And Derek Brown was talking about, you know, it's a little bit more than I would approach it, but talking about the idea of vaulting players up that you should be paying attention to regardless of maybe even crazy need. Like at the end of the day, you can, your draft can all come together, but there are players you want to push up from a talent perspective over just like, well, I'm kind of low at running back. Let me make sure I get a guy that can get some carries. I'll take Damian Williams. No, take huge upside. And Davis price has that. So just kind of getting people in the right mindset. When we start talking about the top 48 and up, we might have players that were relatively high on more than anybody else. As a matter of fact, I'm going to break it to you in this coming uh, conversation. Bogman has a running back that he is higher than anybody in the world. And you are going to get that here in just a couple minutes. As a matter of fact, let's go do it. Friends, we do want to tell you in this league dot fans. Oh, I tricked you. You thought I was going to go to the Patreon. I already did that in this league dot fans. You can go and pick up some ITL merch and we would love for you to do it. Bogman is sporting the In This League Fantasy Baseball podcast, full podcast artwork t-shirt. It looks glorious on him, by the way. Just want to point that out. We have the football. We've got just the sign logo. And we've got some of our crazy cast of character type of stuff. The Boggs Jr., uh, my prospects assemble for Prospect One, and a whole bunch more. Shirts, hoodies, mugs, their stickers, and... There will be more in the future. There's some things that have been coming from our Twitch live show 
that are going to be making it in. Maybe a little uh, Magic 8 Bogs has got to be a sticker, yeah. I think. There's going to be some stuff that'll be in there. So if you want to support your boys in a fashionable way, go to inthisleague.fans, pick up some merch, and like tweet us too. Let us, uh, you know, let us talk about how beautiful you look and how magnificent and how much that shirt makes you look thinner and more handsome and how that sticker in the background really makes your eyes pop. And maybe that right. mug really shows the definition in your arms that ladies yep. and fellas might like as well. And All like natural insect repellents. If you've listened to our uh, most recent secret show. So yeah. that's also nice. Organic. We've always been organic and uh, free range. Fair we trade. Are. Yeah. Yep. Well, we're not held down by any big I don't uh, know corporate what any standards, of this means, but we yeah. are a free range podcast. Fair and trade. We're going to go talk about running back ranks. We'll do it right after this. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what? they were doing they were also playing chumba casino coincidence i think not everybody's loving having fun with it chumba casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere even at thirty thousand feet so sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus that's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus i swear to god i'll pistol whip the next guy that says in this league hey farva What's the name of that restaurant you like with all the mozzarella sticks? In this league. Lots of running backs, and we are going to be talking about your RB1s, your 2s, your flex, and some of your benches. 48 up is where it's going to get our big focus. And, you know, to be fair, that is literally RB1, 2, flex, and a bench running back in a standard 12-team league. You go a little bit deeper, you know, maybe you're starting to look at get into your flex or something like that. Teams are going to hoard running backs. I am not against taking three or four straight running backs in certain scenarios. Um, flex leagues would probably change the value. You guys saw in the dual flex mock draft that we did, I went four straight running backs. So that's going to change the pool. So understanding is the most important thing. Uh, in this league.com has got our ranks. If you guys want to follow along, you can see both of ours, but Boggs, before we get to 48, Listed on here, we actually put like 65 backs. I think there's even more outside of your top 48. If I want to make it cleaner, outside mm-hmm. of the top 50 running backs, give me a couple guys. I see, I see a situation in a couple spots here. I'm going to be honest with you, where there's a couple talented players that I think are under players that are not that sexy, and I also see a couple popular names very far down here. So give me the scoop on your post 48 running backs. Yeah. So like I said, I think it's deeper than it ever has been, at least in the last like five or six years at running back. So there's some good players down here. This uh, range of 49 to 60 is where I have our boy TDP, who we just talked about. A lot of people are in on Ramondre Stevenson. I'm not. He's down here uh, to me. Uh, I My whole thing with that is like Damian Harris didn't do anything to lose a job last year. Like Ronnie Stevenson is fine. And if you put them in terms of talent, they're probably 
close to the same. Stevenson might be a better all-around running back. Stevenson's the one Harris. that really jumps out to me. But here's the thing. Um, Stevenson uh, has been hurt before in, in the past at Oklahoma. Uh, he got in the doghouse a lot there, too. Uh, they just really didn't like him. So you know, whatever, that's gone. That's in the past. It's just something that is a knock against him for me. Also, uh, they add they added Pierre Strong in here. They want a playmaker. They don't want another. They don't want more of what they have. They have straight line guys. Steven You're saying and they Harris, don't want no scrubs. A scrub. They don't want no scrubs. The Patriots don't want for these. that. They don't want no scrubs. They want playmakers. Okay. That's why they draft Thornton. That's why they draft Strong to get guys that are going to make chunk plays. So I think if you're going to see a guy get more run this year in this, it's already a disgusting mess. This uh, Patriots running back situation. Uh, I think strong is going to be their guy to, to get some, uh, you know, some catches and, and roll that way. So I'm just not in on Stevenson this year. Uh, I understand the love for him. I just can't put him as an RB three, uh, which I guess he's not, but some people his high as 30. Uh, I have him at 58 is like right at he's like practically a flex. He's on the edge. I can't do it. And like, I will never, ever, ever go into uh, uh, this season with Ramondre Stevenson as my RB three, unless I'm in, you know, obviously we have some 16 man leagues, which makes things different, but uh, I can't do it. Um, And it's, and it's impossible just real quick. Also, you will never have him as a backup because you are literally 15 spots from ECR. You're two spots him. away from the absolute lowest in the world on Ramon. It's going to be zero team. shares. Uh, yeah. for It's going to be no from me, dog. Uh, that, that's one Oklahoma Sooner I can't avoid, even though uh, I like Marquise Brown this year. But uh, the other guys in here are guys that you know could have decent-sized roles. Sonny Michelle could have a decent-sized role in Miami. He's in here for me. Uh, I'm not high on Naheem Hines. I know Frank Reich said, oh, Naheem Hines and all this stuff, blah, blah, blah. But when you get down to it, you can't take Taylor off the field. Taylor's going to be getting all of the touches. You know, he w- when he gets gassed, he'll go to the sideline. Then you can have your little fun, Naheem Hines. It ain't going to happen. Uh, Jonathan Taylor's an MVP candidate. So I'm not buying it at all. Um, I've got Daryl Williams down here backing up James Conner. I have Hassan Haskins way above uh, I, I'm actually one of the higher rankers on Hassan Haskins. I don't even like Hassan Haskins. He's a north-south runner. But if anything happens to Derrick Henry, this is the guy they go to. This is why they drafted him. Is a big, hulking, north-south running back. That can be a goal line guy as well. So he's just a handcuff. So if I have Henry, I'm making sure that I get Haskins in here. Uh, Kenneth Gainwell I have in here. He could have a decent role. What about this one right here? Because we're going through a lot of guys. And did you did I miss this when you said, did you talk about uh, Rashid White? Uh, Rashad White, I did not. Uh, look, um, I'll probably move White up a little bit uh, now that we have this. Uh, Leonard Fournette is a big, huge, fat ass uh, <laughs> stuff uh, coming, 260 pounds. Uh, I also, I like that for Leonard Fournette. I've been the Leonard Fournette apologist and all this stuff. What, I like that. No, I like bad news for him now because oh, not really. guys come in to camp overweight all the time. And, and the reason you come in uh, overweight to camp is because you are going to cut weight. They would prefer you to come in overweight versus underweight, to be honest with you. They don't want you to come in at 260 when you play 230, Leonard Fournette, lay off the goddamn grits or whatever. I, I don't know what he's doing, but uh, I, I, I just... Baby back, baby back, chilies, baby, baby back, back ribs. I just thought of the most southern meal I could think of, and it's grits, because I know he's he's a southern guy from uh, Florida. But 
Uh, I, I just, um, you know, I don't know what he's doing. That's terrible. 260 is awful. But he's got plenty of time to cut weight. It's <laughs> not the worst thing in the world. I just want to point out 260 is not horrible. It's not a horrible weight, Bogman. Maybe it's well, if you're getting paid millions of dollars to play in the NFL, maybe do the one thing that you're supposed to and not come well, into camp listen, horribly out of shape. Yeah. If you're if you're an offensive lineman, you look really good. A running back at 260 is Eddie Lacy territory. And that's yeah, it's bad. And and you know what? He doesn't look anything like Eddie Lacy at 260 either. Not he yet. carries it pretty well. Uh, I think he'd have to be three bills to look like Eddie Lacy, but so, but um, Rashad white's a guy that's moving up. He, he also he's got to move of, up because of that potential. a little bit. I don't care about Gio Bernard. I really don't think Rashad white's going to have a huge role this year, but he does need to come up a little bit. Um, I'm just so, not ex that excited about him. People are super excited. I'm not there. So. so let me do this. Two players outside your top 48. I mean, if you want, you can do 49 and 50 or whatever, but Two no. targets, two main targets outside of that top 48 for you. Hey, every league that uh, uh, I'm not in with you, I'll get TDP uh, okay. and uh, I'll draft him because we're way ahead of uh, ECR for that guy. I also like there's just something about Gainwell that I like. I I, uh, I like him I'm below ECR on him, surprisingly to me. But uh, I do like Gainwell. So if he falls down here, I'll take a shot. So those are probably the two that I'll roster the most. Yeah, I think you covered a whole lot. I mean, on the back end, um, I, I have Marlon Mack at 50. I'm intrigued by him. I don't think he has crazy upside, but he could be a theoretical starter on that team. And he could be, I mean, we saw Burkhead be a red zone target. I think Mack could serve in that role. He could serve on the receiving side. I mean, really, Mac and Burkhead could play similar roles and it's just about, you know, maybe series. So Mac is someone interesting. If I really was looking for a floor that I would go after, if I'm looking for the upside, uh, I mean, I have Davis price higher Rashad white would probably be one of those players interested in Algier, you know, just simply because the Falcons always readjusting. I know Patterson might even play a little bit more of a role of a running back, but I just think there's more of a traditional running back, spot that's still kind of sitting out there uh damian williams is another one of those options but if, again if you're looking for upside those are probably the plays i have i have a guy in here that i'm not going to mention and or no i'll mention him because he would be higher because i'm a little bit torn on this news is the jk dobbins news uh jk dobbins who uh by the way i'm sorry um michael uh rap rap sheet ian Rappaport's ian Rappaport, father yeah. ian Rappaport's father uh, J.K. Dobbins, <laughs> who has been posterizing him on the internet because Rappaport, you know, dropped some report from a source that he's going to start the year on the pup and da da da. And J.K. Dobbins was pissed. And actually, an incredible clip. Uh, I don't know. Well, I don't know if I can play. Can I play the uh, Pat McAfee? No. The McAfee? No. Yeah, I probably don't do that. play that. That's somebody yeah. else's audio. But McAfee <laughs> yeah. calls out Rappaport on there and says, You've been called on and dunked on. But here's the point, uh, regardless of the dunking and J.K. Dobbins, um, you know, fostering Ian Rappaport as a child now, it's th that is looming out there. And even Dobbins said, like, there's nothing official, but it is looming out there. And I don't know if I had Gus Edwards higher, high enough that he should be. I think I was leaning a little too far. Well, on let's not forget, Dobbins Gus goal. Edwards is also coming off an ACL. They had the Good same point. injury. So uh, Dobbins happened before the year. Gus Edwards happened a little bit after that. So 
you know, but I want to move him up is all I'm saying. It's like right. I would move him up a couple. I don't have him crazy low. I mean, you have him like nine I'm spots high. higher than me. Yeah. I would have him in my 48. And if you guys are in this league and you're checking out the ranks on the Patreon, he is a little bit higher because I would say he's a target. My targets, though, I think I would go Marlon Mack, Mark, Mark Ingram for just kind of boring. If I want to be super boring, if I'm looking for upside, probably Rashad White and Tyler Algier outside of my top 48. I think that's probably my general range, which takes us to the top 48. Bogman, you want to go, uh, what do you got? 48 to 37. All right, 48. I've got Damian Williams, which would be 20 spots ahead of him. And also, I guess I'd be higher than anybody else on Damian Williams as well. World. I didn't realize that. Wow. So uh, 47 is Jamal Williams. 46, Raheem Mostert. 45 is Damian Pierce from the Texans, the rookie. Number 44 is the aforementioned Gus Edwards. 43 is Daryl Henderson. 42 is James Robinson. 41, I have Alexander Madison. 40 is Ronald Jones. 39 is Melvin Gordon. Pretty close to lowest on him. Uh, 38, Brian Robinson, my boy, higher than anybody else in the world on him. And 37 is Rashad Penny, which is kind of surprising for how low I am on Rashad Penny. Only three spots off of ECR. Yeah, that's not uh, as low as you would think it would be. 48, I've got Jamal Williams. I have Tyrion Davis-Price at 47, not the highest in the world, but poking around. I've got Brian Robinson at 46. Bogman has incepted my brain, not the highest, not Bogman. Raheem Mostert at 45, which, okay, I was about to say, is that the highest? No, not even close. Isaiah Spiller at 44, James Robinson at 43, Naheem Hines, Alexander Madison at 40 is Ramondre Stevenson, Michael Carter, Ronald Jones, and at 37 is James Cook. So, Bogman, you are the highest in the world on Brian Robinson. You've done a whole bunch about it. You've talked a whole bunch about it, but that doesn't mean you're going to stop. Let's hear about Brian Robinson. Let's get the uh, let's, not the, the elevator pitch or anything yeah. like that. But yeah, let's get the pitch. The elevator pitch for Brian Robinson. Here it is. Is Antonio Gibson came into the league as a wide receiver, not a running back. So he's still kind of learning the position. He's a better running back than Brian Robinson. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Robinson is better than Gibson. He's not. He's more. He's probably more well-rounded as a running back right now. Then Gibson, he's more experienced um, at that position for sure. Uh, Gibson came into the NFL as a wide receiver from Memphis. Uh, but I think this is Ron Rivera to a team, man. He wants to use two backs. This is what he did in Carolina. D'Angelo Williams, Jonathan Stewart. He compared these two guys to those guys in the press conference after the draft when asked about Brian Robinson. So Antonio Gibson also hasn't missed a bunch of time. But he's been banged up pretty much every week. He's suited up in the NFL. He's had something. He's had an ankle. He's had the shin thing was big for him last season. So uh, I think you just take a little bit of pressure off of Gibson. You could potentially line him up at wide receiver if you want because he's familiar at that position to get both these guys on the field. To me, McKissick is a guy that's way out um, uh, on this. And Robinson he doesn't is worry the new you guy. at all, though. I mean, that is, he. Like, why McKissick? is he so no. way out? Yeah, McKissick. Be, because uh, Antonio Gibson can catch. So if you're looking for a role, uh, that that's it. And you're never going to run McKissick between the tackles. He can't do it. He's not that guy. So you're not that guy, bud. McKissick, but, you're not so that I, guy to I run guess, between I guess the tackles. More of what, I guess what more I'm getting at is your assumption is that they're going to have the logic that they say, oh, well, we've got to do something else to get the ball in Antonio Gibson's hands. So 17 we to have 20 to get, touches for Gibson. That's what I want for him. And like whatever's left for Robinson. So like 15, maybe if you're up 10, if you're not 
So let's just get him 10 touches a game. That That's what I want from Robinson in this area. He's still an RB4 uh, for me. He's not moving into, you know, uh, the starting lineup at all or anything. He's a backup. And that's, you got to take a shot somewhere. Brian Robinson is my shot this year for sure. The only reason I'm high on Darrell Williams is because if Atlanta moves Patterson back to wide receiver, uh, which I think would make the most sense now that you have some guys that can play running back here in Darrell Williams and Tyler Algier, then uh, who's going to win this job between Algier and Darrell Williams? Darryl Willi- uh, uh, Damian Williams. Damian Williams is boring. I'm not sitting here telling you he's good. I'm not telling you that he's going to go out there and have 10 touchdowns and rush for 1,200 yards. What I think is he's going to be a guy that can lead this backfield in touches if they decide to go and give Cordell Patterson more wide receiver snaps because they have nothing at wide receiver after this Calvin Ridley suspension. They got a rookie in Drake London, who I love uh, and I'm excited about, but he's a rookie and he's not a you know big burst guy. He's your PPR guy. Uh, he's your every guy reception. Uh, Pitts is there too, which is nice, but let's get a third option. You have a bad quarterback in Mariota. Give him some good options to throw the ball to. Also, Damian Williams is a guy that, that can run the ball and be efficient. So that's why I'm high. I can't believe I'm higher than anybody else. I don't believe anyone else uh, adding this logic up, it kind of doesn't make any sense to me. But Tyler Algier, Algier very experienced the guy, played linebacker at BYU you, coming in. You so, don't expect Brian Robinson to be involved in the pass game, correct? Not just because of no, he can. Brian Robinson, can, he can okay. be. He, so he let can me throw this at you. Um, just a random site, not going to mention mm-hmm. uh, behind a paywall projections. Just talking about this very specific player, Brian Robinson of running backs that are outside of their top 50. So you got to go 50. And where do you have him? Uh, the 38. Okay, 38. Of running backs outside the top 50, no running back is projected to have more rushing yards than him, Brian Robinson, on uh, this specific site that we don't need to mention. He is the highest of all of them. Another interesting fact is check out this projection. Brian Robinson, and you tell me what you first think of this. 100 and I'm going to reduce some rounding up here. 120 okay. carries, 500 rushing yards, barely any catches. Like, uh, let me sure. See, what is this? Okay. This is uh, 11 catches and 100 receiving yards. 85, actually, to be exact. That's the roundup of him. So just under 600 total yards with 120 rushes, 11 catches, and it looks like just about five touchdowns. Those are his projections. Well, this is interesting, Boggs. Devin Singletary on said same site. 540 <laughs> rushing yards on 121 carries, 116 receiving yards on 16 catches, and only four touchdowns. One, they're within two points projected. Devin Singletary, who's getting still some decent love, and Brian Robinson. He finished and the, the year well, Singletary. Did. It would be face, safe to say that like Brian Robinson's upside is exponentially higher than Devin Singletary at this moment. By the way, uh, just why don't you take a crack? You know, the, the numbers are low for running backs catching passes in college football. So if you don't have that number in front of you, why don't you take a crack at how many uh, catches Brian Robinson had last season? Oh, uh, God. For for Alabama. 12? 35. Oh, wow, really? 35 for 296 yards and three touchdowns, two touchdowns on the ground to match his 14 uh, on the ground, two through the air, excuse me, 14 on the ground, so 16 total last year. Guy can catch the ball. It's Mm. not his number one skill set. It's not the thing he does the best, but he can do it. So this is a guy that comes in to the NFL with a three-down set that we don't expect to play all three downs. So 
he can do it. Like that's another reason why I like him because should something happen to Gibson, you're the Robinson is easily your guy, not even close. Uh, he can play all three downs and McKissick cannot, he can't run between the tackles. So uh big, big Robinson fan. Yeah. I mean, and you can definitely see it there. This is a pretty good, decent rookie range. Again, you're talking about just around at your flex. 40 is the consensus on James Cook. I have him at 37. Bogman actually has him at 36. We talk about Devin Singletary, really low projections that are sitting out there in general. Josh Allen, unfortunately, is the best runner on that team. But pretty interesting and pretty fascinating. Don't want to crazy overpay. Someone doesn't have at 98. In this range of mine, there are... Yours is a tiny bit different because you have Rashad Penny in here. James Cook has the second highest number one overall rank of 28 number one actually being michael carter who someone has at 23 which is an rb uh rb2 at this point james cook isaiah spiller both of these guys in this general range you have them separated it's funny i have them both in this tier you have them in opposite tiers <laughs> what's the difference between cook and spiller and is it simply about potential playing time versus yeah. its opportunity not talent it's we we heard Debro talk about like you know we looked at all these underlying analytics and the bottom line for most is volume is touches and and uh, I just don't think Spiller has that in L.A. with Eckler there now Eckler is a small back and he's getting a little long in the tooth he could get hurt and then Spiller would be next man up and Spiller another guy a lot like Brian Robinson that comes in and has a three down set he runs routes very well he can pass block uh, he he can catch. Uh, he's not very fast, but you know, uh, you take everything else, and he's a pretty damn good back. Uh, James Cook also uh, goes to an offense that's just one of the best in the NFL. Buffalo is amazing. Josh Allen uh, has those guys clicking on all cylinders right now, and I think he walks in and is better than Singletary. Do I think he walks in and gets the job? No, he's a rookie. Uh, you know, he didn't get a ton of touches. At Georgia, uh, he got a decent amount of touches, but Samir White was a between-the-tackles guy, and he was the receiver. I just think that Cook comes in, and between the tackles, he's already better than Singletary. He has way more burst. Uh, may not be as smart and well-rounded as Singletary, but uh, he is on his way to getting there and learning. Uh, but catching the ball, I mean, he's ahead of a lot of wide receivers in the NFL already right now. So he comes in as a pro-ready guy uh, with opportunity, uh, Spiller also pro ready, but there's not as much opportunity. Opportunity there is, is, is a whole lot less. Yeah. In, in this general range, I still think Raheem Mostert has got some solid value. McDaniel's going to come in, knows him. He knows the offense. I think it's a piece that they can trust. He's going to get some run in what type of McDaniel offense he likes to go with anyways. He's, I think the upside isn't as big as you want, especially when you're in the same tier of guys like Cook and Spiller and Brian Robinson and Tyrion Davis-Price. But he's a guy that I think can really be a good complementary back. And I think Naheem Hines fills that role as well. Uh, obviously, he's not going to get a whole bunch of running, but he is what your brain processes J.D. McKissick to be. Hines is a guy that is going to play third downs. They may want to uh, get Taylor off the field a little bit more, and he's going to get check down stuff. Hines so can Hines, run between the tackles. No, no, like, I know he, he can. He, I'm just saying they don't, they're not going to let him. He, yeah, not with Taylor. That's my whole thing yeah. there is opportunity for Naheem Hines. If not, like, I've said this before, if Naheem Hines was in Houston, I, I mean, I, I'd probably have him as an, a high RB3, maybe low RB2. He is very talented. Um, very, very fast, but there's just not many spots for him to play. You know, if Paris Campbell's healthy, 
then you give him the slot role over Naheem Hines if he's hurt like he usually is. Naheem Hines yeah. could earn more just flat out playing wide receiver. I would love I, to see him get the ball. I got one more for you in this range. Okay. We got to talk about it because you are, like as you mentioned, you're almost the low, you're getting close to the lowest in the world who is 40 at Melvin Gordon. You are 39. I want, to, I want you to check this out on uh, this site. I, I respect them, so I like to cite them. I don't like to give away all the things. Check out this projection. This is just an interesting comp. This projection is Melvin Gordon for this year. Um, 180 carries. What? Okay. Yeah, I know. 180 <laughs> carries. Seven. I'm going to do rounding again. 780 okay. on the rushing side. 27 catches. 190 receiving yards. So he is almost pushing 1,000 yards. But check this out. Eight rushing touchdowns and a receiving. So nine total touchdowns. So. Well, but, I think he's but, averaged but, 11 touchdowns. Uh, but I have a comparison yeah. here is what I want for you. So let's do a little bit more rounding. 1,000 yards, Total. 30 catches, and nine yeah. touchdowns. Mm -hmm. Those are the numbers for Melvin Gordon, who you put outside of flex. And based on those numbers, those numbers are easy flex numbers. Those are not outside the flex. But check out this comparison. He just happens to be right next to him as I'm looking. This player projected for eight less carries. 50 less rushing yards, 40 more receiving yards, eight more catches, and one less touchdown. So you follow me If you me tell there? me that's Javante, I'm going to flip this table over. Oh, my God. I, I You know what? I would do the same thing. if that. <laughs> okay. All right. No, I'm not going to do that. On the ECR over on Fantasy Pros, Melvin Gordon is 34. The player I just gave you, who is one less touchdown, less carries, less rushing yards, but a couple more catches in receiving is the 20th running back on their PPR board, Antonio Gibson. Those are wow. projections. Antonio Gibson, Melvin Gordon, and just tell you, it's PFF. PFF, yeah. uh, highly go support them. All the crazy stuff they do, I think it helps everybody. Yeah. But we that projection, money, right? we give them a lot of money, exactly. Um, Melvin Gordon versus Antonio Gibson is almost one for one on their projection side and whether it's yours or even fantasy pros those guys are in different stratospheres of being valued of i just find that very interesting yeah look here's the thing uh for melvin gordon and i think people don't th this is reading some tea leaves right and i think people do less of that uh than they probably should uh melvin gordon was a free agent for two months the broncos signed him back two days before the NFL draft happened, right? So April 8th, there were reports that, hey, Melvin Gordon's visiting the Ravens. Who needed a running back, by the way? They ended up signing Mike Davis and drafting Taylor Batty. Uh, interesting picks there. But now we're hearing that Dobbins has a potential to end up on the pup. Gus Edwards coming off the same injury a little bit later uh, with, with the ACL injury. Obviously not as integral a part of the offense as J.K. Dobbins is, but... Um, a big part of this offense, they got two running backs coming off an ACL. Melvin Gordon's in their house visiting, and they don't sign him. Why? I, 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 it's a big question, all right? So maybe it was too much money. Let's just say it was too much money. Melvin Gordon finally signed back with the Broncos. Why do you think the Broncos and this new coaching staff and new front office and all that, all the pieces here, uh, let him be a free agent for two months? If you let a guy be a free agent for two months, it says, we want him at this price, and that's it and you probably have other plans. They went all the way up to the draft. Melvin Gordon knew 
if I'm not signing with the Broncos before this draft, they're going to draft somebody, and that opportunity is gone for me. So he signed back, probably at a lower deal than he wanted to be back with the Broncos, but I think Javante Williams moves into this Najee, Alvin Kamara, Dude. Joe Mixon, Dalvin yeah. Cook, CMC, Jonathan Taylor. You can't take him off the field unless he takes himself off. I think that that is the, the jump we get for Javante this year, which pushes, pushes Melvin Gordon all the way down the list, and I am not interested in having him on my team. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting when we talk about Javante. There's a couple things that I completely agree with and would wrap in. Another thing to start thinking about, and I, I would love to love to talk to a couple like coaches or whatever about this, but there has to be something in these guys' minds when you have a situation like Javante Williams, super young back, rookie, come in, you give him a good run, but you have him kind of be one for one in that it doesn't seem to matter whether you are a solo back or you're in a two back system you are going to break down by 30. These running backs do not last. So my point here is... I mean, the average age of peak is like 24. And that's what I'm getting at. So my point is, and we're going to talk about him, the underlying stuff is bonkers with Javante Williams on what he... I mean, from an elusive break tackles, he, he screams Jonathan Taylor. Even if you want to have a multi-back system, are these teams really willing to sacrifice some of the best years of these talented backs to make sure that they're spacing them out with another guy? Does it really save you a couple years on any of these players by doing that? It's great to have a compliment. You, anybody can, not everyone has to be Najee Harris. You don't have to be Najee Harris to be successful, but you're coming into a spot where these are the best years of this guy. They know this underlining stuff. They know what could happen if they unleash him to the degrees of Jonathan Taylor. Hell, Jonathan Taylor is a prime example of this situation of a guy that even the Colts tried to hold down with Marlon Mack and you let go. They are a perfect building block off of this. So I agree with you. There's something a part of me that I told you I wanted to go with you and go to the moon on Javante Williams. I yeah. do think Gordon can be productive. I do think he will have some type of a role. The Broncos are probably going to be, they have the ability to be less reliant on the running game with Russell Wilson and those two wideouts and ever before. So there might be a little bit more that they're trying to deal with. But at the end of the day, Javante Williams is a stud. Melvin Gordon, I'm not as low on you because I think he can do a little bit, but I do think those projections might be a little bit wild. Yeah, th those those are nuts. I, that's way, way too many carries, way yeah. too many touchdowns, I think, for Melvin Gordon. No, thank you. All right, let's take a jump, and we are going to go take a look at running backs uh, 36 to 25. These are the flexes. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, 
even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right, fellas. Here's how it works. $15 for it. In this league. What's this? In this league. <laughs> if you have to ask, big man, you can't afford it. That's what I want. Bogman at 36, I have got Devin Singletary, the very bottom guy of my flex. Chase Edmonds is 35. Melvin Gordon, one spot lower than ECR, quite a bit higher than Bogman's at 34. Kareem Hunt, 33. Rashad Penny at 32. Tony Pollard, Miles Sanders, Kenneth Walker at 29. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Cordero Patterson, A.J. Dillon, and Damian Harris at 25. Uh, for me, I've got James Cook at 36, Tony Pollard at 35. Then we move up Michael Carter, Devin Singletary, Chase Edmonds, CEH, Alvin Kamara, Kareem Hunt, Cordero Patterson, Miles Sanders, Damian Harris, and Travis Etienne. Etienne. Oh, yeah. I've been Etienne in him, I think, as of recently. Uh, yeah. I, I you know I what? Been. Jake screwed Etienne. me up so much on that. Uh, you know, ETN, Etienne, Etchen. I don't know what the hell his name is. Travis. I get Travis E. I got him at uh 25. So okay. That, uh let's talk about this. I think this is a really, really important one. You you briefly went over him just a tiny bit because I think you have him at 37. I've got him a bit higher. You and I talked off air about Rashad Penny. Now mm-hmm. it is very popular with people we like. I've seen to crap on Rashad Penny. That's kind of the working theme. You love Kenneth Walker. I understand that. There's a few things that I think are important to think about. And I guess this will be a a semi hedge in that we've talked about this with other running backs in the past. And I think we've been very correct on this statement. The problem, and I'm going to get to it is nobody recognizes it. Cause what happens is people in the preseason will go take this guy. Oh, this is everything, everything. Then you don't get production for weeks and weeks and weeks. Then they come in at a later point start rocking and everyone goes, I win. I was right the whole time. No, you weren't. You weren't right. So having the entire piece of the context of player. So obviously what I'm saying here is that Kenneth Walker in my eyes is in one of those situations where do I think he's the best back on this team? Yes, I do. He's incredibly impressive when you watch him on film. Holy cow. One of the things that I really watch a lot live in college as well. Is he the best back? Yes, he is. Is he going to step in day one and get all the opportunities? No, he's not. The team has already openly publicly made commitments. No, want no, to, incorrect. No, they have, they have said they, they haven't. Want, okay. I'm sorry. I should. Re- it's a beat commitments. Oh, uh, no, the I think the team, said this. It was not okay, the team. Okay. Then fair enough. Then fair enough. Yeah. Maybe it is more of an, of an, of a open competition. Assumption. The beat writers yes. have said that the team is pushing for uh, Rashad Penny to be the guy to work as a workhorse. And there's a lot of underlining things that really work in his favor. So the popular thing is, it's like, oh, hey, you take your Rashad Penny. I'll get my Kenny Walker. Guess what? Week 17, Kenneth Walker fans are going to be happier. But when, and this hasn't happened yet, Kenneth Walker comes at the cost of a top 20 running back in about a month, which just watch for it. That's going to yeah. be part of the problem where I think you have to battle it. So here was some stuff I thought was interesting on Rashad Penny, whom last year averaged 12 points a game, had 749 rushing yards on just 120 attempts, averaging six over six yards per rush. Here are a few starters here, Boggs. Rashad Penny, as a starter in 2021, averaged 150. 
15 yards rushing per game as a starter. Four of the six games total. So he had, so this is over six games. Six games equated to 115 yards per game as a starter rushing. Four of those six games he played in as a starter, over 100 yards. Four of those six games, he had a touchdown. A couple other notes on him. 4.52 yards after contact per attempt for Rashad Penny. That is the highest of any running back with 100 carries or more last season. I repeat, (laughs) 4.52 yards after contact per attempt. The highest. My last two, the highest Bay percentage. Not like, what's up, Bay? But Bay, (laughs) breakaway percentage. Breakaway yards. He had the highest Bay percentage at 52% of any back, again, that had 100 carries. And he was one of only nine backs with an 80 run and an 80 offensive score on PFF. There were nine running backs that got the dual offense and run grade. Rashad Penny got that. So listen, am I trying to be a Rashad Penny truther? Not necessarily, but you have you a got guy. Walker ahead of him. Yeah, I do. I, yeah. Was that? You yeah, got no, Walker no, ahead of him. Yeah. Because here, and here is yeah. my, my statement to it. I think a lot of people will tell you, we got nothing on Rashad Penny. Don't even worry about it. It's all Kenny Walker. I think Kenny Walker finishes the season as the starter. I think he becomes the main guy, but Mm -hmm. there are underlining stats that really work in favor of Rashad Penny. Great after contact, great as a starter last Mm -hmm. year. And regardless if it's uh, beat writers or whatever, this team is going to go in and give him the best opportunity to be the main starter. They ran the ball more than any team in the NFL last year. Both these guys are going to have numbers. And and that's why the last two things, because I want to throw it to you on this, is I think Rashad Penny has value. I especially think he has some early season value. So much so, he gets the opening opportunity. And the ability to do that could set you up further. A lot of, I just let read off all these amazing underlying numbers of why the team is going to make an early commitment to him. But Kenneth Walker's there. I think he's more talented. And Rashad Penny is always going to have the injury bug chasing him. So that's why I'm not Penny top 20. I think he will get early opportunities. That's why I don't think Kenneth Walker is going to come out the gates, be a workhorse, and be a guy that's treated as a top 24 overall back. But if you care about the upside, then that's the play for you. If you don't, if you're not worried about those first couple of weeks, great. If I can get Walker as a flex or a four, I think it is the smartest thing you could possibly do because I think the back half of the year will pay off. But there's some inherent risk when you pay the price, and everyone is so dismissive of Rashad Penny. And I think it's just a little too premature. So uh, look, I, I think you're absolutely right in your thought process. You know, Penny is going to get the first look at this job and Walker will come in later. Walker is the better back and look, Rashad Penny is a good back. I'm not, I'm not trying sitting here trying to tell anyone that uh, Walker is so much better than Penny. I do think he's better. And I think uh, he has way more upside than Penny. Agreed. Here's the issue. Here's the issue that I have with Rashad Penny. Uh, even though all the underlying stats were great last year. Um, first of all, number one, this report was from Seattle Times' Bob Condotta, who covers the Seahawks. He's local, uh, you know, and, and you know, uh, we've also heard from Brady Henderson, who covers the Seahawks for ESPN, that Rashad Penny is in the driver's seat to be the primary back. I understand yeah. that. Now, the most recent report that we got was Bob Condotta said that he projects him to handle 20 carries per game. Yeah. That is not the team. That is Bob Condotta saying, this is how I see this going. 
look, he's got his opinions. I, I respect that. He knows the team better than us. He covers them on a daily basis. So, and it's um, hard for any of us to make these type of decisions when we don't see the guys in right. camp and we don't see them out there. Sure, that's part of the thing. But I think the what the logic speaks to and football, fantasy football. Well, real quick, is, let me let me, yeah, let me finish sorry, this I, point. I did, yeah. uh, let, let me finish this point real quick. Uh, I, you know, I respect Bob Condotta and what he says. If Rashad Penny takes 20 carries per game, he'll have a career high in carries week six. 119 is the most carries he's ever had. He's had 20 carries in a game two times in his NFL career. He's drafted in 2017 uh, or 2018. I can't remember. He's been in the NFL for a while. He's carried uh, the, the rock 20 times in a game twice. They were week 17 and 18 last year. Those were the first two times that he's ever done it. Kenneth Walker is a machine that gets machine. better as Agreed. the game goes on. So there's a couple things here. Number one, you have Drew Locke at the helm or Geno Smith, whoever wins out this job, right? It's going to be bad. If you're Seattle, you want to run the ball. Seattle also last season, 33 minutes per game. Um, they're on defense, which was by the most by two minutes, almost two minutes last season. So you want to keep their defense sucks. You want to keep that crappy defense on the sideline and gassed up. So when they do have to come out and defend, they're not completely exhausted, specifically in the fourth quarter. So if Seattle does have a lead in a game, you hand that ball to Kenneth. Watt. you don't hand it to Penny. Penny's great, but you don't hand him the ball in the fourth quarter. You hand it to the young man who just ran down Michigan's throat, who was in the playoff for the first time ever last year, they knew Kenneth Walker was running the ball because the, they had garbage quarterbacks at Michigan state and you know, they knew it was coming and they still couldn't stop it. That is what Kenneth Walker is. He's a home run hitter specifically at the end of the game. So uh, if we're given, you know, if there's 30 rush attempts in a game, I do not expect it even beginning to be 20 and 10. I expect it to be like 17 and 13. Something like that with Walker being the better of the two backs also down by the goal line. Who do you want to give the ball? The guy made a glass general soreness, or do you want to give it to your machine? You just drafted. I mean, who, you, you uh, had more missed tackles forced than any player in college football last year. You, you say that, that, that is, Rashad, I, I don't, that, that I, is, I totally uh, get it. Ken, Ken yeah. Walker, but I just, I mean, you, you say all of that, but the team isn't walking around treating him like he's Samuel L. Jackson. I just told this is a guy that had. I don't know why the, not. He's never played more than what fourteen. He had the games? highest amount of yards per carry after contact. So I get what you're saying. Like, hey, Kenneth Walker, Rashad Penny is that same guy. The most yards of any guy after the con after contact. And well, none of one this of is going to matter when he gets hurt week three break. for the entire season. But see, like, I that's going to happen. But I see. I'm agreeing with that. My problem is, yeah. is, is I think two things happen in fantasy football a lot. Four and, hold on real quick, fine. just b before you finish this point, 14 games, rookie season. He missed two. Second year, three games. That's what he played. Three. I'm ten. not arguing. No, excuse me. Ten, then three. And then last year, with all these great stats that he had at 26 years old, 10. He yeah, still I'm, couldn't I'm, make it. He missed seven games. I, ha I have no argument about the injury, and I think that yeah. has to play into it. I agree with you. That's not part of my argument whatsoever. I'm also telling you by week eight, I want Kenneth Walker. I'm not disagreeing yeah. with that. But all the arguments you make about Kenneth Walker, Rashad Penny excels at when he's out there. And the the, the last point. Well, the goal uh, line. Well, yeah, let me get this Penny's out before I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lose it. Is <laughs> fantasy football is, I think it's sometimes negative, sometimes positive, and 
it is the number one fantasy sport of insanity about rookies. Every rookie is going to be the best, the most amazing, and it is going to be game changing. And everybody has to have them for the upside. Now they play more catch. than anything else in fantasy football. The other thing is, is I believe there's a little bit of a bleed over the sell job that best balls are selling into your redraft standpoint. And that's fine and dandy in a lot. Of, I think best ball has that that ability where you're just, you're accumulating all of the guys. You don't think about some of the early points. You know what I'm saying? Like best ball is a little bit of a different format than you're playing with your weekly matchups. If you're playing like weekly head to head, best ball has that like roto ish feel to it. And you can just play your back end of your upside. You're playing your, it plays your best guys every week. You're not making your decisions. You're just accumulating all of the players. And I think that can be the slightest bit dangerous when you start to think about actual team construction and it is the epitome of rookies in my mind. That's just my opinion. I just think best ball bleeds over into other str strategies and formats where you want to take the upside plays. I agree, but you want to pay attention to your team construction. And guess what? Yeah. If you are getting duddy stats because you took a guy to buy for week eight when you could have had a guy spaced out over the whole season, not saying Rashad Penny. Just be aware of it. I hate it because this is me turning into being like, hey, hey it's Kenneth <laughs> Walker. Defender. I, have right. I have Kenneth Walker ahead. I just think Rashad Penny is talented when on the field, and all the cases you want to make for Kenneth Walker are things that Penny technically excels at. And By the way. I, I, I own the right to make the biggest change when he gets hurt or <laughs> if the team makes a big commitment to him early on to Kenneth right. Walker because they might, and that will change. But right now... I think you have to you have to consider that to some degree instead of being dismissive about Penny, which I think really everybody is. Right. And, and by the way, uh, Penny is not undersized. I always forget the guy that came after Penny was Donnell Pumphrey was tiny. So but you know, Penny's normal. He's actually yeah. I think he's weights a little bit more than Walker um, might be a couple inches taller, too, because Walker is uh, shorter. But um, look, uh, Penny a is a time on. I, I just said Penny is a good back, but yeah. Penny is aggravating as hell. Yeah, sure. he misses so many games and he finally put together a good year. And when you go, okay, great, he put together a good season. This team needs so many pieces. So many. They're not going to draft a running back. What do they do? They go out and they draft a running back and the second best one in this class, which is super annoying. So I don't, you know, the scenario kind of sucks, but. I don't trust Penny to stay healthy at all whatsoever. I'm not trying to be dismissive of him. And look, I know exactly what's going to happen. We're going to get into, uh, you know, right before the season and Walker is going to skyrocket. Just like you said, Penny's going to fall. And I'm going to be looking at Penny in his stupid face in my yep. drafts. And I'm probably going to roster him like three or four spots. And then he's going to, uh, you know, get hurt. And I'm going to pull the rest of my hair out. Hey, listen, so, but listen though, and we have to move on. We have to stop talking yeah, about him. Yeah. This is way too much, but Penny has an ECR of 34 right now. Let him fall. Let me get him as a bench running back. Let me get yeah. three or four really productive weeks early on. His first two weeks, not great matchups. Got the San Francisco 49ers and the Denver Broncos, but then you got Atlanta and the Lions. So weeks three and four, you might get some serious production out of him early on. If you draft him as a backup or in that flex area, good on you, Golden. Uh, these are some serious names in here. Who else do you want to cover? We obviously can't go into great well, detail. I think Singletary and Cook kind of have the similar a similar um, debate here between, uh, you know, like Walker and Penny have. And we both have Singletary in this area. I have Cook at the bottom of it, too. Um I think Cook is a better back already than Devin Singletary, but Devin Singletary was yeah. so good at the end of the season. It's kind of the same scenario that that we painted 
with the other two guys, except Singletary has, hasn't had a big injury track record like Rashad Penny has. Uh, we have seen the Bills good. We have the seen the, the Bills season. go to Zach Moss. They they did this thing with Singletary and Moss, and Moss just crapped the bed. If they give the same opportunity to Cook, that's where it can make it exciting. But I right. have these guys and, next and, to each other because I don't know how to flesh it out right now. And me and my guy uh, Pat Fitzmorris on the Fantasy Pros Dynasty Pod, we we have we battled a bunch this week because we did bust, and he picked James Cook as one. And um, I'm just in, and uh, I'm just not having it. Like I, I think James Cook is better than Singletary already. Singletary is a jag. I like him, and he's playing in a good offense behind a good a offensive dude. line, but. He's just a guy, so he can do it. He's good enough. I would say he's NFL average, which is a very good player, but I think James Cook is well above average. He's undersized, so they probably don't want to give him a ton of touches, especially at the beginning of the season, knowing it's, he's a rookie and the rigors of the NFL season and all that good stuff, but I think by the end of the season, he's getting more he He'll earn more touches than Singletary I because he's just better. I think I will own more shares of Cook because, like you said, I think this is the exact same situation. Here's the yeah. difference. Singletary is not remotely as talented and uh, what Penny can do. Sure. And James I Cook, I, I think James Cook, his opportunity is even closer, better, and he comes at a much cheaper cost. His ECR is 40 right now. That is a bench running back. Your ben My number one bench running back, I want to be skyrocket upside, especially when I don't have to care about the person for four, five, six weeks, unless there's a major injury. So if I have a guy like Cook at number four and I got three other backs, I'm happy. I'm a I'm I'm a pig in slop. I am excited because guess what? I'm eating up all of those dumb weeks where he's learning the offense <laughs> and the team trying to adjust to him on my bench, and then I can reap the rewards. My ultimate problem unless the draft comes to me well is having to eat those bad weeks early on when you don't have to and having to yeah. justify the ultimate upside you know i mean these are these can kenneth walker's got a really tough division uh, obviously defensively that he's going to be playing in in teams like the niners and stuff like that um i love the matchup of cook i think he's a massive target you have him at 36 i have him at 37 we're higher than consensus overall can i get your take on kareem hunt I'm not a cream hunt guy this year. I think I'm more out and out. Part of it is because of how in I am on Nick Chubb. We're both lower than consensus. He's at 28. I've got him at 33. You've got him just at 29. And I, I don't know. I feel like you and I have both kind of talked through that the team could maybe even consider moving on from him and giving a role to Dearness Johnson. I don't know that they do, but <laughs> Nick Chubb is Nick Chubb has got that like um that Javante Williams thing where it's like, stop holding him back. Give him everything. <laughs> I know Cream Hunt can still put up good PPR weeks, but I've just kind of moved on from the excitement of Hunt because Nick Chubb is so clearly better. I mean, Kareem Hunt is a great back and, and um, you know, he can catch, but Nick Chubb is, you know, a top five talent level NFL running back. So, uh, you know, it's just so hard to get him a decent amount of touches unless Nick Chubb gets hurt. And Nick Chubb got hurt last year and Kareem Hunt paid off uh, for a little bit. And then Kareem Hunt got hurt and Dearness Johnson paid off a little bit. That O-line in Cleveland is awesome. It's very, very good. And um, they're going to they're run the ball first team. And you would expect that to be uh, specifically early in the season for, you know, no apparent reason. Maybe they're starting quarterback being suspended. They're going to be a run first team uh, again. And Kareem Hunt might be one of those guys where you draft him and he puts up some big numbers early. And then, okay, well, let's just go ahead and trade him before yeah. Watson comes back. And 
now we're going to pass the ball a little bit and more. That, so stuff is taken away from that entire backfield. And you're right so. about that. That's why ultimately like you don't, you know, they don't, you don't move off of him in any way. Like they, they want to do a heavy uh, competing. They've got, they need as many talented players as they can have on the field while Watson is out. And he's one of those guys. And he plays, he plays a safety blanket for Jacoby Brissett. Who's going to be running around. You're going to need that pass catching back. It's just Chubb is so good. I think hunt lacks some of that crazy insane upside on this team. So I just, I'm not incredibly interested. Hunt is like, but here's the thing about hunt. He's like the last guy. If you're like tearing these out, not going just by like RB one, two, three, you're tearing these out. The tier definitely ends at hunt in terms of like guys that I feel safe drafting after yeah, that. I, I see you. Everybody kind of has a question mark, you know, like, uh, I have Camara this low, uh, because I, and, and I'll raise him if it's four games, but right now it's looking like six games. I can't stand that stuff to eat in the donut for six weeks. That is 40% of your season. I, I despise it. I just won't have Camara on any of my teams. If you draft them for best ball now, that's a, it's a rough get. I mean, the guy led running backs in points two years ago, so he's still incredibly talented, but I hate eating those zeros. For six weeks, um, uh, is it a much better uh, best ball back right now? Right, right. But but the rest of these guys, you know, that I have behind him, Ceh, uh, you know, I I think Ronald Jones might have a little bit there. Uh, yeah, that's Chase. what I wanted to ask you real quick because we're going to move okay. on to the top twenty-four. But was was Ceh in general? Because I feel like you're not. I, I don't think I'm excited about him. I have him my at twenty-eight. Busts. You have him at thirty-one. Okay, yeah, and I know you have been pretty anti Clyde edwards alaire So what's the breakdown? Yeah, I mean, look, it, I don't really like this this Chiefs backfield at all because I think it's going to be split up between three guys. I think the rushing down is going to be very split between uh, Kareem Hunt and Ronald Jones. And if you hear what Andy Reid said, who's not a beat writer. You mean Clyde edwards alaire You team. said Kareem Hunt. My bad. Uh, yeah, well, you split for the Chiefs. Uh, yeah. The uh, um. Yeah, CEH and Ronald Jones, I think they're going to split the rushing, uh, you know, uh, they're going to split carries fairly evenly. And then on passing downs, you don't bring either one of those losers in. Neither one of them can pass protect at all, especially Ronald Jones. He also can't catch. CEH can catch. He can't pass block. But Jarek McKinnon is so much better than both of them at pass blocking yeah. and catching the ball. So you have three guys for one job. So, you know, it's government work over there in Kansas city. I don't like it at all. And, um, we've seen what CEH has and it's not a lot. It, this is the best offense in the NFL most years. And this guy can't be an RB three. Give me a break guy yeah. sucks. So Two. I, I, you know, you have to rank him around here because he's on the best offense in the NFL. So if they start giving the ball, at the goal line, that touchdown upside is incredible. But I just do not want to rely on him. I'll probably have zero shares. Yeah, red, red zone share is something to consider with Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Two guys in 25 through 36, your two main targets you think you're going to own on teams. Um, I I, I like Cordero Patterson. Um, and, and, you know, I, I like him more as a wideout than a running back, but I don't care where the production is coming from. I just want the production. So I'll roster him a bunch because they don't have many other uh players that are skilled at the skilled positions it's drake london who is a rookie maybe kyle pitts is in his second year and Cordell patterson and the falcons have shown we're gonna get the guy this football you know however we can so uh i i like Cordell patterson a lot because i think he comes at a deal and after that um i don't Let's really pick like one. any of these probably I, kenneth walker probably cook yeah, or, I'm sorry. Probably. I'm looking up. I'm looking up. Yeah, Cook. Yeah, yeah Cook. Cook. Probably I would say James would Cook. 
I, he's not in this range for me, so I'm not going to say him. He definitely would be one. I take a look at this. I think it would probably be Penny, if we're being honest, and Damian Harris. Uh, those would probably be the two. Damian Harris still just a touchdown magnet. You know, maybe some of the negatives you have what on about Ramondre Stevenson, though. Everyone's yeah, well, concerned. I'm not. Well, I think the team's just going to rush the ball. And we see Damian Harris be absolute workhorse and get those runs, and he can be explosive. And I've got him a little bit higher. And the cool thing is I'll probably get him at like that flex spot. Hopefully I've got two PPR-ish uh, running backs ahead, and then I can go heavy touchdown on him. All right, let's go 24 to 13, the RB2's Boggs. Who do you got? Uh, 24, I got A.J. Dillon. 23 is Ken Walker. 22 is Antonio Gibson. Then I got Josh Jacobs, Zeke, Brees Hall, Cam Akers, Elijah Mitchell, J.K. Dobbins, David Montgomery, James Conner, and Saquon Barkley at number 13. Number 24, I've got Antonio Gibson, Josh Jacobs at 23, J.K. Dobbins at 22, Kamara, I do have at 21, Brees Hall at 20, Elliott at 19, Cam Akers at 18, Elijah Mitchell at 17, Travis Etienne at 16, there's my high guy, Montgomery at 15, 14 is James Conner, and Aaron Jones at 13. A couple, of, I will admit, there's actually a couple guys in here I'm surprised about that we have. Can I wax on uh, Eli Mitchell here for a second? Please. Because yeah, go ahead. I, I think I, we talked about this a little bit off air. I had to bring him down a little bit. And <laughs> here's the reason why. Your hype machine was so high. Yeah. It, it, it's not, a. It, again, I, I do want to point out, like, yes, I'm a 49ers fan, but I'm pretty, like, I don't know. I'm pretty. It's the same way I'm with, with, the with the Steelers. Like sometimes I'll get into sticking points like with, you know, Juju and stuff like that. But most I don't want to roster too many Steelers because I, I want to start them every I'm week. Pretty and critical. sometimes sometimes they don't. Yeah, they shouldn't be started. So, yeah, I mean, I can be critical. Like I'm not a big George Kittle guy. You know, he doesn't show up in big games and there's plenty at the quarterbacks, I think, can be rough. Eli Mitchell is a very unique and special case. The reason I brought him back down for everybody to know is because of the injury proneness. That is the main reason. I think there's a lot of people out there that are just like, oh, they draft another running back. Oh, they draft a bunch of guys. You can't have one guy. I think Eli Mitchell had like two 27 carry games this past year. He can be a workhorse in given, and he's put up some really unique stats. There was also some other uh, theoretical places that maybe he can contribute in the offense. So here's a couple things I've got for you. He had the third most yards after contact per attempt at 3.7 this behind Chubb and Taylor of qualified running backs, 95% catch rate. He averaged two targets per game as a starter in 10 games, but four, four of those games, he just got a dud. And I really think that's a mistake. One of the things I took a look at was, you know, his reception marker is so low and this team has a need Four games with duds where he is one of, I mean, just clutch on screen passes, get him the ball. You also got, you know, yards after contact in play, you're gonna move the you're gonna move the line. And lastly, Eli as a starter averaged 85 yards per game with just under 19 carries per game. His projections do not give him those type of numbers on said site that we have been talking about. <laughs> Let's take a look here. Eli Mitchell is south of 900 rushing yards because he's only on 200 attempts. Well, as a starter. With those 18.8 carries and averaging 85 yards over 17 games, that alone would be over 1,400 yards. Now, that's a dramatic pull there, but yeah. he is great after contact. He really, really is. He can catch the ball. 
this team can trust in him for early downs. They do not have a great receiving back option. Uh, Terry Savers Brown is uh, price is not that. Mostert's gone. Jeffrey Jeff Wilson's, Wilson's Jr., probably maybe, that guy. Maybe yeah. Sermon, not that guy. I really think there's a potential for him to step up in that role, especially if Davis Price is going to come in and play a little bit of his role. But this team, they want 30-plus carries. Eli Mitchell has proven what he can do with 20 of them. The big wild card is two things with him. Debo Samuel and his role as far as what running goes, because that could be your receiving third down back, and his injury history. So the injury history brought me back a little bit, but I really do think we're still sleeping on him, even though everyone is like, oh, I love him. He's really cool and stuff like that. This is a run, run, <laughs> yeah, first, heavy really cool. team with a quarterback that is going to expand the offense. Not like Jimmy Garoppolo didn't do. Jimmy Garoppolo is a step back. You're in your pocket. You're stuck. You throw. Well, just think about some RPOs, dude. Just think about some RPOs with Trey Lance. like, And that's what uh, I'm talking about. Talk about a guy with a 90-plus percent catch rate behind the line of scrimmage, and they want to move him around in the pocket. I really think he can catch more. They're going to still put back on him. I don't think he's going to have 1,400 yards, but I think he's going to clear 1,000. I think he's going to be a big touchdown option, and I think they will chill out on the Debo Samuel as a running back, eight, nine carries a game because they got another guy. Price will be cool, but Eli Mitchell is still where the cool kids should be. I've got him very aggressive. I will have probably lots of shares this year because it's not just about him being on a run-heavy team. He's an incredibly talented back who doesn't get you know hit behind the line, makes plays happen, scores some touchdowns on a really good offense. I'm here for it. I'm here for Mitchell. Eli Mitchell. Mitchell's a great back. I would and say I'm shocked you were 17 with me, by the way. Uh, no, I mean, I like him and I was high on him coming out of college. And I think I said, what did I say about Mitchell and Sermon Welsh? The same thing I said oh, about Aaron Jones. You and said Jamal it. Williams. You said it last yeah. year. People were listening. You literally were like, hey, I like Trey Sermon and all, but you guys should watch out for Eli Mitchell. Use guys. I think Eli Mitchell's use guys. Yeah, because uh, I'm a Yankee. Uh, use guys should watch out for uh for for Mitchell uh but I, look Mitchell's more talented than Sermon he just comes from a smaller school uh he had he ran in a three back system at ULL so I think he's proven in the NFL that he can't carry the whole load which is why it's interesting that the Niners went out and spent a third round pick on Tyrion sure. Davis Price right and, and I know a lot of people say uh well Jeff Wilson is still going to be the number two Maybe. Are we sure? Mm -hmm. Why do you spend a third round pick if you're so sure that Jeff Wilson is going to be that guy? Now, you spent a third round pick on Trey Sermon last year. Didn't work out. That could happen again with TDP, but I think he's going to get the opportunity, which is why we have him way higher than consensus. And we don't have Jeffrey Wilson on this list. And we do have TDP. So, you know, it's also there's a lot of and I'll admit it. I think every analyst has it. What is the shiny new toy? The what is behind yeah. door number two? Sure. You know, it could be a boat, you know, like Peter Griffin. So um, no. like you can have but, a boat or you can have what's behind here. That could uh, yeah. even be a boat. I think what you need to do with Mitchell is limit him to 15 touches a game. I, I think if you give him 15 so touches. I disagree with that, but um, I well, think I think if you give him more than that, he's going to break down running. because he's proved that, you know, that he is. So um Maybe not. Uh, but may maybe I'm incorrect about that. Maybe he can get bulk up and you know uh, t play through the pain and all that stuff. But it's the same thing. That's why I don't like Antonio Gibson as much as most people do either. Because you know he played all the games last year, but how many games did he play with a shin injury that you were like, yeah. oh, he's questionable? Uh, and are they going to limit his touches and all that, that stuff? Matters. Eli did talk about this in in the world of best shape of our lives. 
he did mention <laughs> that he pl uh, plans to play around 15 pounds heavier from a muscle perspective this year than he has in previous years to help kind of curb some of that. I think it's a 20 touch thing. I think it's somewhere between 16 and 20 carries. I think there's some catches that are going to be involved. He's projected in the 20s on catches. I think that could push up a tiny bit. And he's coming at a much cheaper. I have him very higher. I have, I have a lot higher. I'm not speaking very well right now. Uh, but he's <laughs> at 24. So the last running back of an RB2. And I've I've got him at 17. I will gladly get him. If I can get him at RB2 cost or right on that wheel, I think it's a great spot. Uh, eight touchdown projection over 1,000 total yards. I think he could push that probably by 25 to 30%. And the touchdowns are something that's hard to gauge here, but he's very talented back. And that's one of those guys I have so, pretty high. Who else do you got in here? So, well, I just want to, you know, make this clear real quick that um, 20 touches a game for, uh, for Eli Mitchell would be 340. If he plays all 17 games, which would, I'm saying touches by receptions though, as well. You I understand. I'm okay. I, okay. I'm saying touches. We're, we're, we're talking about just touches. Oh, I, th I thought you said 340 carries when you said that. My bad. No, no, no. 340 touches total. That would that would have been the fourth most in the NFL last year. So I think 15 is probably just a little more realistic. That's all. Maybe. You know, I'm, 381 well, for Najee, 372 for JT, 334 for Mixon. So he 18.8 when he Mixon. as a starter last year, 18.8 carries, Look, and he averaged two uh, targets a game. So just and throwing that Gibson, out. Gibson had 300 and I'm sitting here saying like, I don't trust Gibson that much uh, because he broke down with that many though. So, uh, which is why you draft Ryan Robinson, which is what we've been talking yeah, about. Yeah. I mean, projections um, have Eli at 200 carries, 25 catches. I think you drop a 50 marker on there, go 275. Does that make him an elite elite? No, probably not. He, the projection here had him at 26 as far as points scored. I'm a little bit on the higher end. I think there's more of a trust and I, and that, that point scored adding you know i'm, I'm saying um yeah that's a or 50 more carries not, yeah yeah you're looking at him scoring closer to a top 20 range of like projections of what they have on a guy like josh jacobs and I Niners are still six in rush attempts per game they're behind tennessee henry philly hurts yeah. uh baltimore lamar new orleans no wide receivers and five uh indianapolis with jt so they're well, right in that group and, so and they're Lance still gonna yeah, and Lance, but the, that, that's the other thing I also admit here is Trey Lance, Lance puts an interesting, and, and that's something we have to watch for, and that'll be something really to, to key in on uh, early into the preseason because if you are talking, let's say, you know, they want 30 carries. Let's say there's 35 to go around. If Lance is getting 10, and now you're coming back down to 20 to 25, you, you're right. You probably are looking at Eli Mitchell more in that 15 to it's 17. going to be a range. different look on the offense, too. They could throw the ball more to the backs, yeah. uh, you know, which would not be surprising. Look at well, what they could also convert third downs. They're going to have more opportunities, which they couldn't do last year. They hated their, the thing they hated the most was converting third downs. All right. Give me a couple other guys here. We're doing a really good job um, of picking one guy to go long on. And then, yeah, that's true. Uh, well, a couple things here. We're both going to probably, I mean, I don't know where you have Dobbins. You have him one spot below consensus. I have him. I, I'm high on Dobbins, but this pup stuff, we got to clear up. Right. So I'm yeah. going to lower him uh, from 16 in my next update for August yeah, 1st. So he's going to have to take a little bit of a dip, but I mean, look, there, he also body bagged Ian Rappaport and all that nonsense from the Pat McAfee show, right? W which was fun, fun to see. But uh, look, if there's any hint of a whisper that this guy is going to be uh, starting on the pup, 
I'm going to put him down in the 30s where I've got Alvin Kamara because I can't stand that nonsense of six games of a donut. At least, though, if Dobbins is on the pup, you can put him on the IR, which you cannot do with Alvin yeah. Kamara because he will be suspended. Great so there's point. a little difference there. But he, he, he has to be lower than 16. So I will lower him in my next update. I think the hate has gone a little bit too far on Josh Jacobs. Uh, you know, MJD said that Zamir White fits the Patriot system better. So Zamir White to the moon and Josh Jacobs has lost some steam. Josh Jacobs is a way better back. You, you meant the than, Raiders. You said the Patriots. Yeah, what did I say? Well, you yeah, because the it's the Patriots coach going to um yeah, yeah, yeah. going to Vegas. So uh with Josh Josh Jacobs is a way better all around back than Zamir White. Uh rushing, like straight just north and south. They're probably about the same, but Josh Jacobs can catch the football. He's a three-down back. Samir White is not. He had James Cook catching all of his passes in college last year. So he is very inexperienced in catching the ball. And there's no incentive for them to come off of Josh Jacobs. Why? Are you gonna get you're gonna wear out Zamir White in his rookie season? Uh, you drafted him because you like him. Josh Jacobs is a free agent after this year. Run him into the dirt. Why not give him? 350 touches like we're talking about these other guys run him into the dirt let let him do the dirty work for you this year he's a yeah. better back so uh i'll probably be rostering a decent amount of josh jacobs i think the hate's gone a little too far on him uh we heard I'll throw the, out this to you i'll throw this out to you Rick. okay i'm gonna be pretty hyper aggressive for my rb2 um and, and i said this before you know i'm picking on like the idea of like hey it's a shiny new toy and stuff but i i want to pick and choose some of the situations you could argue the situation that both Travis Etienne and Brees Hall are in could be some of that. And I think a lot of people, including myself, would say, no, this is not the same Seattle situation. Michael Carter is not going to take away from Brees, who looks like, by the way, he is signing his contract, no holdout type of stuff. That, yeah, that was uh, a bunch of nonsense. That I Brees mean. is going to be held back. And same thing with Etienne. Etienne, I don't know if you saw that video of him working out with Ezekiel Elliott and the guys. Absolutely. Etienne's a stud. He's an absolute stud. He's an stud. absolute both stud. Of those guys massive targets of mine etienne 19 ecr i have it 16 Brees is 20 i have it or 21 i have it 20 you have Brees at 19 you're more on on him etienne's on at 25 i want one of those two guys and i can tell you right now so when you're looking at this crew here it will be one of these i'll say etienne i also want mitchell and aaron jones is probably the other one those three are probably going to be my most aggressive guys in this range aaron jones hovering around more of an rb1 but my if i were sticking back etienne mitchell and Brees hall specifically etienne and Brees hall i have to have and i know one of my theoretical um strategies is going to be whatever rb1 i get come back to get one of the rookies and then i will most likely based on cost be able to get eli mitchell as my third back if i were to go three straight backs i think that's a very viable situation upside that's is why way too high way too talented for both Brees and etienne who are going to catch a lot in their offense that's why i have i have walker uh inside my rb2 because on most of my rosters he'll be an rb3 you know that's exactly the, yeah. the strategy for me and you know look if you're gonna take walker as an rb2 you got to get an rb3 real quick you got to get someone with a high floor, you know, uh, and I would so be game for that. that if that's any does rookie, that. by the way, you, you should be doing that. If they're your RB two, you should be getting someone with a high floor immediately after. Look, uh, all I want to know for in the Travis Etienne situation is what is happening with James Robinson. I know he's probably going to start the year on the pup and miss six weeks, but James Robinson is a stud back. So you have two studs back there. They could definitely eat into each other. I think Etienne's a little bit better than, um, 
James Robinson. But you're gonna um, give you're gonna get Etienne a, a, a six week start, a six week start in that offense. Yeah, to get rolling. If he is successful, you don't take him out of it. You might James Robinson is a, a Pro Bowler though. He doesn't no. he doesn't do nothing. That that's the thing. If if James Robinson comes back, he does not do nothing. He but gets could ten be, touches at least again. Th- this could go one of two ways. This could be a Chubb hunt situation where i think there's a much more clearer guy and then there's a sub player and i think that's etienne to james or this could go the route of jante williams melvin gordon from last year where they're both you know if one were the guy they could be a top you know 10 back but they're both eating in a little bit where they're probably both sub rb2s at the end of the day etienne is the guy i'll take the risk on by the way the most recent report uh, and this is from ESPN. Michael DeRocco, who covers the Jags, says uh, James Robinson is expected to be cleared to return at some point in training camp. So that it's weird. Uh, we're not used to this yet because Achilles injuries used to take a year and a half to recover from and be fully back. You could come back after a year, but you're not right until at least uh, you know, a year and a half coming back. We saw Deontay Foreman uh, blew his ass out uh, for the Texans and then look like garbage for two years, could not run. Uh, and then you see him in Tennessee as a flyer after Henry gets hurt. You go, holy crap, who is this guy? Because the Achilles is 100% now. So, um, you know, James Robinson might not even look right when he comes back. And if they're rushing him back, I really hate that because that would be that that would mean, you know, he's pretty much done in Jacksonville. Travis Etienne is the guy. I don't want to see that for James Robinson. I want to see him get paid somewhere. I want to see him go somewhere. Uh, you know, Vegas right. next year would be fantastic for him if he looks good this year. But that's why I like Travis Etienne is an RB three for me, which means I won't roster him probably anywhere because there's the hype train is real and it should yeah, be. He I'm is there. unbelievably talented. I just, you know, I'll still Jacksonville's offense and all that stuff. I got you. So uh, I had just a couple other notes and just a couple guys I wanted to throw out to you. Uh, we talked mm-hmm. about Antonio Gibson that the third most carries inside the five of any running back last year and all his lack of success and the third most red zone carries. I know just wanted to throw yeah. it out to you. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott. I found this interesting. He had the second most RSMP, which is uh, snaps. where running a receiving route at 448. So very much used in the secondary is Tony Bollard, Tony Pollard bad in Dallas dude. Yeah. And look, uh, Zeke, Zeke could be on a revenge tour for everybody this year too, uh, because he played with his knee, uh, uh, you know, twisted up for like the last nine, 10 weeks of the season. Uh, so, I mean, I know some people say the whole season too, I'm sure got worse as the season rolled on. So, I mean, healthy Zeke could possibly be scary. He could also be, uh, falling apart. So, uh, he is, he is a big time coin flip this year. I still like him. Yeah. I'm not as ag- aggressive. I think I've got him lower than Zeke is like, at if he falls at all, that's the you're lower I'll than me. snapping out. Yeah. I'll you're lower than me out. actually at 20, but yeah, uh, I like Paul a little bit more. His ADP is 17 here. All right. Uh, Boggs, are you ready for the top 12 RB ones? Let's go. RB ones uh, are ranks. And I got it right here. Boggs our top 12s for everybody. For me, coming in at number 12, I've got Saquon Barkley. At number 11, Nick Chubb. Number 10, (laughs) I've got Leonard Fournette. Uh, Number 9, DeAndre Swift. Number 8, Dalvin Cook. 7, Javante Williams. 6, Joe Mixon. 5, Austin Eckler. 4, Derrick Henry. Number 3, Najee Harris. Christian McCaffrey at 2. And Jonathan Taylor at number 1. 
Uh, for me, I go uh, 12 is Aaron Jones, 11 is Nick Chubb, 12 is 10 is Leonard Fournette, 9, DeAndre Swift, 8, Javante Williams, 7, Dalvin Cook, 6, Joe Mixon, 5, Najee, 4, Eckler, 3, King Henry, 2, CMC, and number 1 is, of course, JT. So the two biggest differences here, uh, I have a, I got a big, uh, I got a big Chubb love. Um, which you agree you with chubby? Me, but I do. But our two biggest differences, I'm actually very surprised about. I am much higher on Najee Harris than you. Uh, he is my number three overall player I'll be drafting this year. And I've also got Javante Williams, who you love just a little notch before. So Najee Harris last year was fourth in scoring weeks one through nine, at the running back position, 12th in scoring weeks, 10 through eight, a little bit of a fall off but kept that marker. One of the few to be able to do that. Uh, I had a couple of other stats. I got a little bit wonky. I'll clean up and give to you guys later, but Javante Williams was a, uh, another fun one. Javante had the second most missed tackles forced after the rush at 63, 63. This was one I pulled here. S those 63 of his 203 attempts gave him a 31% rate of missed tackles forced after a rush which was the highest. The next closest was Jonathan Taylor at 19%. Jonathan Taylor, Jonathan, uh, Javante Williams is an absolute freak. Has Jonathan Taylor vibes all over him. It's stupid Melvin Gordon that's holding him back. You've got a quarterback. You've got an offense that can actually spread the field a little bit more. And if the team makes any more side commitment, again, it's that conversation we had earlier where it's like, do you want to waste the best years trying to baby across the board with a guy like melvin gordon maybe but maybe see that's not. my thing it's got to be an uptick this is why we both have them way higher than consensus and you know you have one spot below the highest rank of him in, in ppr in I mean, it's not hard um, to do that at this point like we're in the sure. top 12 but yeah I right do have it. he's his highest is six someone has him at running back well that's a seven. top you know that's the top half of the first round rb right there if you have him at six so i'm not that high on him i'm a bottom end of the first round uh on javante williams but um you know we we just said it with melvin gordon they didn't make a commitment to melvin gordon they signed him two months they let him be a free agent for two months he signed two days before the draft so the broncos didn't have to go out and pick anybody else and you know all of these underlying stats are incredible now the one issue that i have with javante at all is that he has never been the bell cow back he didn't do it in north carolina he didn't do it last year uh in denver so it is an experiment with him but you got to take your risk in fantasy football somewhere uh you you if you're not taking it on javante you're not taking it on Najee like you are you, you then you got to take it on ken walker you got to take it on brian robinson like you got to take a you can't just play yeah. high floor in fantasy football you can't do it you got to yeah, get outside and that's what I want to play. I mean, the 200 carries are great. You have to build in a higher push this year. Your argument has always been great that, listen, you know, I do think Melvin Gordon is a piece. I think they always put themselves in a position where it was like, hey, we're going to get somebody. And then the money ended up working out where they can bring him back. Hey, good on us. But it's got it's to be more. Different coaching staff there in Denver, too. You know, the, the, so. the PFF projection has less carries this year less carries not for 870 no yards way. a lot of catches in here um i don't think so he's the number one pass block graded pass blocker as far as running backs go in the nfl he's going to be on third downs i know they'll probably continue doing their series but i think it's only going to be a slow matter of time 
before Javante is getting more and more of the run. And there's no chance he's going to go back in carries just because they re-signed Melvin Gordon. There's no yeah, chance. Give me a break. Yeah. Look, um, look at what Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon did. Like the, you could make it work with both these guys getting carries. You could, you know, and um, I just think that this is one of those things. Once again, when you see Najee, when you see JT, when, when you see these guys play and you go, good God, how do you take them off the field? When he's so good, you can't, you no. can't take Alvin Kamara off the field. You can't take CMC off the field, especially when you're, you know, uh, I mean, you're not fighting for a job. You just got hired in Denver, but you know, Matt rule, we want CMC to get ratcheted back to, to keep him healthy. You can't, you're fighting for your job. You have to have your best players on the field. So, yeah. uh, you know, also uh, the, the work, the, the Najee from- stuff, the yeah, I was about to say, because I moved okay. off of Javante. I only did Najee for a second. It's just, you know, Najee's reception. He did have a, a quite a discrepancy coming backwards as far as like expected go. But he is the absolute workhorse of workhorse. He is down. He is there at every moment. Trubisky might actually move the ball a little bit more. And I don't see any reason why anything is going to change on his side. And that's just one of those workhorse guys. And I, I put him a little bit over Eckler. You know, you got Spiller out there. Um Derrick Henry, we love and is an absolute. You got freak. hurt last year in full yeah. PPR. I'm just placing that on Najee. I think Najee's safer, and that's why I've well, got him at three. Look, uh, Najee got so many dump offs because Ben didn't want to get hit. So uh, there were so many dump offs to Najee because Ben did not want to get hit. He he, the bad offensive line, like the time to throw in terms of starters. I think Ben was the fastest. So uh, and that's because he had Najee as an outlet. I think you're going to see Pickett or Trubisky, whoever it is there, hold on to the ball a little bit longer, which means he's probably going to have uh, less catches this year than he had last year. Maybe more carries, but definitely less catches. And, um, they, you know, they're trying to find somebody to back him up. Benny Snell sucks. I don't like him. Uh, Dearness Johnson would be great. Uh, if they cut him, I'd take Kareem Hunt. If they cut him, they uh, have been sniffing around Justin Jackson, who's a free agent recently. So I think a running back is going to get cut. Pittsburgh is going to bring in somebody to take a little pressure. And that might, change, that might had, change my approach a tiny bit. He had everything last year. And you just, you know, I know he's young and he can take the beating and all that stuff, but you just cannot keep hanging that guy out to dry. If you want him to be good when you're back to competing, which uh, doesn't look like it's going to be this year. So. Unfortunately, well, we'll see. I mean, look, they ain't going to go under 500. Yeah. 300 has never been under 500. So 300 plus carries 1200 rushing yards, uh, seven touchdowns. And those are just uh, the rushing stats in there. One of the more dominant receiving backs as well. So uh, I, that's, that's where I want to go. Where, where do you have, who do you want to pick on? And then let's pick our uh, final two here at any breakdowns, obviously Javante. Okay. Damian. Let me ask you. Oh yeah. Where are you going with Fournette? Uh, now that he's uh, a blimp, uh, I don't really know if I'm ending by the way. Oh, my, my trumpet, your, your trumpet. That is great. I don't know if I'm going to make any major move. Um, you take out the, the massive targets on the tight end. You take out some of the question marks in the offense, Leonard Fournette. Obviously they got Rashad white there. Leonard Fournette plays receiving back. He plays touchdown hog. In the red zone, I think you're going to go even deeper into Leonard Fournette. 255 carries. I At least he's built. You know, he's built Ford tough. And I think he's going to be leaned on even more by uh, Tom Brady. I, regardless of the weight, I don't love Receiving it. Receiving stuff. Hope, I hope he brings it down. But yeah, he plays on both sides of the ball. And really, actually, it's one of those situations where... Let me see where you have this. I kind of take a look at even DeAndre Swift, who's right above him. 
and you're still in one of those weird situations, one of the most garbage offenses in the NFL, garbage quarterback. You do have another running back who's not even remotely close to as talented that can take a little bit away. But you look at Fournette, who's stopping Fournette at this point? The upside is on Swift, but if you want to go all around and you want a little safety net relatively early on, I think Fournette is still there. I think he's going to be a touchdown machine. Double-digit touch touchdowns is, That's the uh, thing. I, I almost think, a guarantee. Like and I, I hope that uh, people move his fat ass way down their list. I, I, I hope they're like this is Eddie Lacy, blah blah blah. I hope that yeah, me too. because that is going to make him a better cost for us. I would love to have Fournette as an RB two where he's at right now in most drafts. I haven't drafted him anywhere. Number ten, I haven't had any running mocks. back overall. Number ten, which means he is probably one of the top picks in the uh, in the second round. Right. So I, I don't have any shares of Fournette and I like Fournette. Obviously I've been his apologist for years when he sucked. I liked him. So, you know, um, he's just part of a bad Jacksonville offense, obviously. But um, look, this is still, when you're talking about like Fournette versus, you know, uh, Fournette versus Chubb, whose offense is better. You know what I mean? Uh, I guess you could say that about DeAndre Swift too. Um, you know, whose offense is better? Uh, it's, it's the bucks. It's Tom Brady. Their I, I will tell you, is better. you, you wish that he wasn't coming in at the size of a fullback. You know what I mean? Uh, because it I doesn't mean, look like Mike, you mean a like, tight end, you know? Yeah. Uh, sure, yeah. I mean, a, a, probably a high school left tackle at this point. You wish he wasn't coming in. Most at that. backs are two twenty. He because, plays at like two thirty five, maybe two forty you know, something like that, but he's got to drop at least 25 pounds. Yeah. Before, and you wonder like, is know, this going to be the thing that's going to keep him healthier? He's going to stay in games, play 14 games last year. I'll say this. You like want to come into camp. Carries. You would rather come into camp overweight than underweight because you get it. It's brutal. You know, yeah. you're going to lose a lot of weight just doing these drills and doing these practices. You know what it reminds me of? All that stuff. It actually but reminds me of that show Naked and Afraid. I feel like it's similar to that where come it's in at like 250. Don't come what in these, at Yeah, it's what it's they ridiculous. do. They eat a little bit more. They come in a little bit chubbier because they know over 21 days they're going to drop some serious weight. And that's how I'm assuming it. He actually might be like you look at Javante, you look at DeAndre Swift, who we have over there. He might belong above those guys into that tier of all the fun, like, you know, you got the Dalvin Cooks, like the top eight. He might belong in that area because there's less risk. There's insane offensive upside. The only thing that's holding him back is uh, that thick, that thick. Yeah, that thick I mean, back and thick in the front. You know, Rashad yeah. White can pass block, uh, you know, and he can catch the ball, which was a big chunk of Leonard Fournette's value last year. They also signed Gio Bernard. You know, he's going to be back and healthy, and he can do that. So I just don't care about either one of those guys. Gio Red Bernard zone. is washed. I don't give a crap Red about zone. him. Red zone, Leonard Fournette is going to thrive. This he's going to eat as much as he did this offseason in the red zone. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so 100%. Uh, I'm, he's still going to be an RB1. Even if I drop him, it won't be, it won't be below 12. So What's going to be gonna more be pounds? He loses in camp or touchdowns. He scores. Oh, this, this should be on DraftKings, dude. This should be, this should be the bet. Yeah, well, uh, I, mean, I would yeah. say it's still pounds because you can drop 20. Calvin Ridley's and, all uh, on this one. Play, play it too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hit me for more. <laughs> He's like, yo, Lenny, Lenny, hit, hit me with that. I can see Calvin info. Ridley be like, uh, yeah. Uh, you know what? Uh, follow me for more bets and picks. Uh, for the rest of his career. Like, Lenny, can you drop 20 for me? I'm going to make this bet. He ain't scoring 20 touchdowns. All right, give me some some snapshots (laughs) and a couple other players, and we're going to get out of here on this very long Yeah, I mean, these are easy guys, right? Like, JT, you know, best running back in football. It's not really arguable at this point. CMC, I think CMC is more talented than anybody on this list. 
but he hasn't stayed healthy. And even with that, I have him at two. And I know our boy Debro loves him too. There's a lot of people that are still in on, on CMC. Yes, it's concerning, the injury stuff. But this That's guy fair. averaged a couple years ago 30 points per game. That is more than quarterbacks. I think he's, he was like, if you put him at quarterback, he would have been the 14th highest score, which is just absurd. It's just the risk you have to take. Like you there is the risk it. that if he gets hurt two, and it's happened twice now. It. You got to yep. do I completely agree. Fun fact that you have on here too. There's only three backs, only three in this entire list that have an ECR of one overall as a back. It is Taylor McCaffrey and um, Derrick Henry. Those are the only ones that have anybody giving them a number one, not a single other back. There's actually only two backs that have a two as their high Eckler and Harris. So that kind of shows you the parody that it's like, that's a tier. That is a relative tier right there. And you and I both have those five in our top five that represent the ones and twos of the highs overall. How does your, and, and I don't mean, and I feel bad because I don't mean to, um, dismiss this top end this is a very important range to talk about drafting make or break there's always the argument make or break your drafts and stuff like that i don't think there's much to talk about in the taylor mccaffrey henry you could get a little bit on eckler i think cook is interesting chubb is interesting chubb i forever love third most rushing yards after contact in the nfl at 967 a couple so others good. 4.24 yards after contact per attempt. That was the second highest of running backs with 100 or more carries. And he was the only back with 200 plus carries and over four yards after contact per attempt. He had the second most rushing uh, bay, the rushing yardage on designed attempts of more than 15 yards with 454. And Chubb, he averaged 15.4 fantasy points in 2021. With Kareem Hunt, without Kareem Hunt, he averaged 16.7 when Hunt was around. And that would put him, I think, number five or six in overall scoring as far as running backs go in PPR. I struggled to not put Chubb into my top five. Hunt keeps me back. That's about it. It's uh, Chubb and and Javante Williams that could go to the moon if only. So uh, I would love to get your take on Chubb or Swift. Even Barkley gets, let's end it with that. Yeah. All right. I mean, uh, first of all, I just want to talk about a guy you didn't mention Dalvin cook. I'm just excited to see what this offense looks like this new offense, because you know, they have O'Connell coming over from LA with the Rams and that explosive offense. I just remember that's the offense that produces Todd Gurley. So, uh, Dalvin cook is, you know, talent, very, very talented. So yeah. I'm excited to see him. Um, with uh chubb look chubb is an rb1 uh you know it sucks that cream hunts there it sucks that we don't know what's going on with the quarterback situation and you know they added amari cooper which is great but the rest of that offense everything goes through chubb so he has to be an rb1 uh so you know you can put him as a low end but i'm not i'm not taking him out um who uh saquon look I'm the Saquon apologist and i can't have him as an rb1 i just can't do it like you know uh it was two games he played a couple of years ago. He missed four last year. And it's not the four games. Like you can take uh, four games, even though that's, you know, it's a huge chunk. You can, you can eat that. It's the questionable. Is he going to play? Uh, is he going to be limited if he plays? That's the stuff that aggravates the crap out of me with a guy like Saquon. Saquon, you know, second most talented back in the league. It's CMC and then Saquon. I know that there's been... Uh, coaches talking crap about him and stuff. I don't know, man. 
Uh, you know, it's not like he had the best coaching in his NFL career yet either. So maybe getting yeah. Brian Debo back there will help him out a lot. And maybe, you know, Danny Dimes turns into something. They've got weapons, so I'm excited about him, but um, he just can't be an RB1 to me. So Aaron that, Jones is still a stud. Yeah, oh, Aaron Jones is a monster. The thing that's, that's uh, tough about Barkley here is there isn't a, there wasn't a lot of work to work off of last year, even outside of health. There wasn't like massive success rates, massive, you know, hey, look at he's breaking. Yeah, he's doing that. He wasn't. It just wasn't. Right. So you have to hope that there's a overall progression and the offensive scheme changes more in his favor. The last thing here, Boggs, pick your two. Pick your two backs that you will be most attached to as far as RB1. Think about relative range. So obviously you're not going to say Taylor and McCaffrey, but, you know, opportunity is yours. Who are your top two backs that you think you will have the most shares of? I mean, you know, you have to obviously pick high to get those top guys. So I won't say them. Um, I, I'm just, if I'm picking on the back end, I have Javante higher than most people have him. Uh, you know, maybe not you, uh, but you're one of the few exceptions. So uh, Javante, I'm definitely going to be attached to for this whole year. Um, and after that, I don't know, you know, honestly, uh, it's kind of whoever falls to me. And I know that's a crappy answer, but like, you know, I can't predict if I'm going to land at five or six. So, um, I mean, if you can I'm pick picking, one of those guys, if they're going to be, cause mine, mine is, I'm still going to be Harris in on CMC. I'll take the risk. I don't care. You know, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll take the, he's still, you know, you upgrade from Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield. It is an upgrade, but it's like, you know, uh, I don't know. It's like going, uh, from, mcdonald's to whataburger it's not like you're not upgrading a ton you're still eating fast food you know what i mean so um uh, i i don't know it's still gonna be everything is still gonna run through cmc and matt rule wants to keep his job he's got to give him the ball so uh i'm still gonna be in on christian Najee harris and uh nick chubb for me those would be my top two guys obviously i'm a little bit higher that gives me flexibility to be inside the top five to probably get Najee. and nick chubb is someone i will 1000 percent target on the back end of first rounds and i think there's room for me to even want to go further with him i just really love the guy uh, it's tough because you got the ups you have these upside plays of like javante and Andre swift and i look at guys like fournette and chubb if i want to have the most boring backfield on the planet that's that but if you want to go from talent and scoring chubb and fournette might not even be the worst thing you could do in maybe a deeper league or just sitting there at the wheel if none of the good wideouts are sitting out there. And friends, that is our running back ranks in this league.com. You guys can check it out. You can get our ranks because tomorrow we're talking about wide receivers. This went way longer than we thought, and tomorrow's probably going to do the same thing, unfortunately. <laughs> so we're going through all of our ranks, wide receivers, same concept, tiers, going through players, who we want to have, who are some of our major picks, and uh, make sure you guys are over at InThisLeague.com not only to support the boys, but get the ranks because they will be updated. Hell Week also all, always provides updates, things you hear us talking about. By the next update, you're going to hear some massive ones as we work through it. Thank you guys for hanging out with us. As always, InThisLeague.com, Twitch.tv slash InThisLeague. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast. We are out of here. Goodbye, friendos. RB's out. Saw ya. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.